You and a group of friends went hiking in the forest. You were all excited to explore the wilderness and spend some time in nature. Among you guys, your friend Dale elected himself as the leader of the hike. But as your hike progressed, you started hearing odd noises. Coming from the deep in the forest. At first you thought you heard knocking and thought, how on earth could that be an animal? But as you got closer, the noises became louder and more distinct. The noises evolved into the combination of knocking and deep, futteral howling. And that's when Dale proclaimed that it sounded like Bigfoot, the legendary creature of the woods. The group was both fascinated yet scared by the possibility of encountering a Bigfoot. Dale, however, was determined to find it. He led the group deeper into the forest, following the sounds. As you got closer, the noises grew louder and more intense. The sun was setting and it became increasingly harder to see through the dense woods. With Dale's enthusiasm to find the Bigfoot... Is that Dale or...? I was just the Bigfoot. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> Dale being excited. I was like, dang, Dale. You sound just like Bigfoot, bro. He slowly pulled away from the group. Suddenly, Dale was completely gone. You guys panic and call out to him, but he doesn't respond. Dale was gone. You were left with nothing but the memories of Dale. Like that one time he tried selling a minivan to Tommy's mom with a rolled back odometer. Some believe he had been abducted by Bigfoot. From that day on, the group never hiked in the woods again. They were too afraid of encountering the unknown and dangers that lurked in the wilderness. On this episode of Cauldron Convos, we're going to be talking about Bigfoot, otherwise known as Sasquatch. What up, bitches? Who's your daddy? <laughs> My name is Kayla. This is Xenu or Bigfoot, either way. And we are Cauldron Convos, baby. Let's get into what is Bigfoot exactly. What is the physical description of a Bigfoot besides this mask that we have from Amazon? So you probably generally know what Bigfoot looks like because Bigfoot is commonly found in pop culture, on clothing, band-aids even. Bigfoot is the most popular cryptid. Bigfoot, also commonly referred to as Sasquatch, is an ape-like cryptid alleged by cryptozoologists and enthusiasts to inhabit the forests of North America. Bigfoot is often described as a large, muscular, bipedal, as I say bipedal? Yeah. Bipedal? Bisexual ape-like. <laughs> Bisexual. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> wanted to see if you're going to catch that or not. Um... Bipedal ape-like creature covered in black or dark brown or reddish hair or fur. Actually, hair because it's a type of human. No, technically it would be fur. Oh, technically. Okay. We're well, get into we'll get into later. the science in a little bit. The science. Now, the estimated height of Bigfoot is around six to nine feet tall. You know, we don't want to discriminate against the tiny Bigfoot, though. Actually, would they be called something else? Littlefoot. <laughs> Littlefoot. Littlefoot. Land before time. Shout out. Now, there are common descriptions of Bigfoot, such as a human-like face, broad shoulders, no visible neck, and long arms. And some of the nighttime sightings state that the Bigfoot has glowing yellow eyes. Ooh, or like, red. Like depending. a pussycat. Mm -hmm. Michael Rugg, the owner of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum, claims to have even smelled Bigfoot, specifically stating, Imagine a skunk that had rolled around in dead animals and had hung out around garbage pits. Around the garbage pits or having stinky pits or both. Pits, pits. Is that why pits are called pits? Because they stink? Well, it's a pit of your arm. But like, don't all pits stink? No. 
what's this good smelling pit bed bath and body works landfill so now we know what this creature looks like allegedly although it varies sometimes we can get into when did this sensation begin so let's go back to the very beginning of bigfoot when bigfoot was just a little baby actually no whatever when bigfoot was a little foot Indigenous cultures have tales of mysterious hair-covered creatures that live in forests. The tales differ slightly in specific details, such as the location of the tribe and just general appearance. And they're not talking about Cousin Tony down the street. Yeah, not in the Bronx. For example, some note that petroglyphs created by a tribe of Yakuts at a site painted rock on the Tool River Indian Reservation in Central California depict a group of Bigfoot called the Family. Cute. Love that for them. Little foot, big foot, another little foot. Big, big, daddy, big foot left. <laughs> he abandoned them. <laughs> Sorry, that like says something about me, I think, that I just immediately thought of that. I, I have nothing to say. The local tribes people called the largest of the glyphs hairy man, and they are estimated to be between 500 and 1,000 years old. So this is old. So that's kind of crazy that Bigfoot started back then, right? Well, it's something telling that there are mm-hmm. people, right, that are pretty old that we're all seeing this from all over the country and as well as in other continents. That is. I feel like this is like the strongest evidence, honestly. This like, is the probably the strongest the, evidence. We will get so, into this later. Be, yeah. Um, in addition to that, 16th century Spanish explorers and Mexican settlers in California told tales of the Los Vigilantes, Oscuros, or Dark Watchers, large creatures that would stalk their camps at nighttime. In Mississippi, a French Jesuit, shout out Jesuit, priest was living with the Natchez in 1721, and he reported stories of hairy creatures in the forest known to scream loudly and steal their livestock. Whoa. So here we go again. Another per separate account. This person's not even an indigenous person. Like it's not even like a cultural story thing. Like this guy was just there. This French Jesuit priest. And he was like, no, I heard it, bro. He saw it. He saw it. their livestock. Now each language had its name for this creature, but many of them mean something along the lines of wild man, hairy man, wild hairy man, big hairy man. Describe me more, darling. <laughs> That's like all of my mother's side of the Armenian family. But there were other names that actually referred to it as actions that it would take, such as eating clams or shaking trees. <laughs> eating clams. That's me. <laughs> Call me Bigfoot because I'm going to eat your clam. <laughs> Chief Michel of the Nlaka Pamuks at Leeton, British you Columbia. that perfectly. <laughs> Nlaka Pamuks, sorry. At Leeton, British Columbia, told a story to Charles Hill Tout in 1898 of Sasquets. S-A-S-Q apostrophe E-T-S. A shape-shifting creature that protected the forest. The name Sasquatch is the anglicized versions of Sasquets, roughly translating to Hairy man in the Halkamelium language. Curse you, Anglo-Saxons. Some regional versions tell stories of a more threatening version of Bigfoot called Quiquie, which is a nocturnal race, and children were warned against saying the name so that the monsters would not come and carry them off to be killed. It's like Voldemort, but the Krampus. Uh Uh-huh. The Iroquois tells an aggressive side of the story as well about a hair-covered giant with rock-hard skin known as the Otneyar, <laughs> or stone giant more commonly referred to as the Genosquaw. I don't know why. I thought you were going to say a hair-covered giant with rock-hard nips. <laughs> oh, or like rock-hard abs. 
He's in the Rock gym. Hard cop. In 1847, Paul Kane reported stories by the natives about skookums, a race of cannibalistic wild men living on the peak of Mount St. Helens in southern Washington state. So hypothesize maybe that's Bigfoot. Interesting. Mm-hmm. This is going forward to 1924, so before Bigfoot kind of got sensationalized in America. That same area in southern Washington state. Which happens to be the Bigfoot hotspot. The yes, biggest Mount St. Helens. Hotspot. There was an alleged incident where a violent encounter between a group of gold prospectors and a group of, quote, ape men. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> These allegations were reported specifically on July 16th, 1924, in the issue of the Oregonian. Oregonian? Oregonian. Oregon. That's weird. And this has become a popular piece of Bigfoot lore, obviously, with the area now being referred to as Ape Canyon. Love that. And lastly, about the historical evidence of Bigfoot, the U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt in his 1893 book, The Wilderness Hunter, writes of a story he was told by an elderly mountain man named Beaumont, in which a foul-smelling, bipedal creature ransacked his beaver-trapping camp, stalked him, and later became hostile when it fatally broke his companion's neck in the wilderness near the Idaho-Montana border. Holy cow. In Theodore Roosevelt, he heard this story from his... You know, elder mountain man. Bowman. But he genuinely believed. Yeah, um, the- him. Theo, Teddy Rosie, you know, he used to go hunting for Sasquatch. Yeah, he was a big outdoorsy man. Or wait, he was probably little. He was a little big outdoorsy man. He was a little big Bigfoot man. <laughs> he was a little foot. <laughs> What's confused people more? Oh, wait, he was 5'10. Sorry, I retract that Sorry, statement. You are Bigfoot, average. Teddy. How did Bigfoot end up on our Band-Aids, on our shirts like I'm wearing right now? Shout out. In our pop culture, in our beef jerky commercials. So when did the Bigfoot sensation begin in America? The William Rowe encounter was one of the most famous Bigfoot sightings allegedly occurred on Micah Mountain in British Columbia in 1955. When a man called William Rowe claimed that he saw a partly human, partly animal creature while he was hiking. William Rowe actually sweared in an affidavit in 1957 that the creature was about six feet tall and covered in brown silver-tipped hair with thick arms that reached down to its knees. He said it had broad feet and breasts. <laughs> Whoa. How you doing? According to the book, Abominable Science, Origins of the Yeti, Nessie, and Other Famous Cryptids, Rowe's ape-like sighting marks a change from the earlier Sasquatch accounts of British Columbia, which repeatedly described Sasquatch as a giant-sized indigenous person. But he said this to the Alberta Sasquatch Organization. However, this was just eyewitness evidence, so it wasn't actual evidence to prove that Bigfoot is or was real. So essentially, this was the birth of the modern-day Bigfoot. Although he did make Bigfoot a thing, the name Bigfoot didn't actually emerge until the next year. Giant footprints puzzle residents, a headline in the humble times announced the small northern california newspaper reported that a road construction crew had discovered human-like footprints that were a massive 16 inches long can we measure your foot for comparison it's like shaquille o'neal walking through the woods Ew. this is an embarrassing sock have you ever worn embarrassing socks and you like don't want to take your shoes off and you're at someone's house or like somewhere no. where you have to take your shoes off? oh yeah that's just me because i wear like soggy hospital socks most of the day okay my my foot's almost eight inches, I guess. So double my foot from here to here. Now, this paper was actually the first to give the mysterious animal Bigfoot that made the prince its memorable moniker Bigfoot. And the creature has been stomping through the American imagination ever since. 
That was a quote from something. Stomping through American history ever since. The tracks were apparently planted near Bluff Creek in Northern California by a man named Ray Wallace. But his prank was not revealed until his death in 2002 when his children said it had all just been a joke. So the whole sensation of Bigfoot. Yeah, the name Bigfoot based on started. Fake news. Mm-hmm. Well, oh but God. hypothesis. What if the children were just like super embarrassed that their dad like invented Bigfoot? No. The most famous Bigfoot sighting until this day is the 1967 video now referred to as the Patterson-Gimlin film. Patterson-Gimlin. This film is a minute-long video that appears to show a female Bigfoot, later named Patty, walking through a clearing in Northern California. The scientific community has overwhelmingly dismissed the film, though. They point out that it's probably just a person wearing a costume. Jeffrey Meldrum, a professor of anatomy and anthropology at Idaho State University and author of Sasquatch Legend Meets Science, is one of the few scientists to publicly back the film and the existence of Bigfoot. Shout out Jeffrey Meldrum! Smoke for Jeffrey Meldrum! Smoke for Patty. All right, he's a professor of anatomy, bro. You might be wondering why they think it's a woman and it's because patty's got the heavies baby she got thicky thighs right no the heavies boobies boobies <gasps> yeah dude Whoa. okay patty's packing double d's okay, baby no, we're not gonna joke about that. that's mean what she is that's offensive to the no Bigfoot audience. i'm serious she actually has big breasts that's well, like okay, how they but you're identify like, her the double d's don't objectify the double big, p's, baby. female bigfoot like that okay <laughs> darren right? niche a paleozoologist and author of hunting monsters cryptozoology and the reality behind the myths summarized plenty of reasons to question <laughs> the film's authentic oh authenticity it's weird because he summarized reasons to question the film's authenticity in a 2020 twitter thread but he was the author of Hunt- hunting monsters so yeah. why would you dedicate your whole life hunting cryptozoology and then be like listen, listen listen something i want you as the viewer to look for is look in patty's thunder thighs you will see muscles moving and that is compelling and even like in a suit like that in the 60s, like the costume that would require, holy cow. Well, have you seen any films from the 60s? No. They're crap. Yeah, that's why I don't, that's why I haven't seen it. And I also want the viewer to please take note of Patty's gait, aka how she walks, her strides. It's very peculiar compared to how a man would walk. Mm-hmm. Like not a man-man, but a human. Oh, I thought you meant like a man-man. Well, no. I thought she like walked dainty like, imagine she's like in high she's heels like, oh work bitch work they were filming mm-hmm. and he didn't have he had his camera holstered and all of a sudden he saw sasquatch patty and he freaking quick draw this guy that wrote that book that was like kind of questioning he noted in a 2020 twitter thread that patterson who shot the film already turned bigfoot into a money spinning operation before releasing it i don't know if that means like he wanted he like knew he was gonna make money off of the film or before he even recorded he just sounds like a savvy businessman to me (laughs) you know additionally the patterson gimlin film this film was created in the same place that wallace had staged his hoax so uh he notes that that's might be another reason to question the authenticity of it because like why would they go to the same place that's like an uno reverse card why would you yeah because it is like an uno reverse card no because they didn't know that that was fake until 2002. So they like went to the same area being like, oh, we're going to get him. Like it's going to be similar to the other one. And then they were like, bam. But he was just Whoa. joking the whole time. Or was he? 
Benjamin Radford, a research fellow with the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, specifically asks the question, how is it that the evidence has not gotten any better despite the exponential <laughs> increase in the quantity and quality of cameras? Oh, Maybe the baby. Bigfoot population is going down because of global warming. Did you ever think of that, Benji? Huh? Probably I'm just kidding. I don't not. know. It's just, yeah. It's a hypothesis. So what does our government have to say about Bigfoot? Well, in 2019, the FBI actually released a four-decade-old file on a Bigfoot inquiry. Since 1976, the FBI has just been holding on to this file not releasing it until 2019. In 1976, director Peter Byrne of the Bigfoot Information Center in exhibition in Dallas, Oregon, sent the FBI, quote, about 15 hairs attached to a tiny piece of skin. Byrne wrote that his organization couldn't identify what kind of animal it came from and was hoping that the FBI might analyze it for him. He also wanted to know if the FBI had analyzed suspected Bigfoot hair before, and if so, what the Bureau's conclusion was. Benjamin Radford, who we talked about before, said Byrne was one of the more prominent Bigfoot researchers. Jay Cochran Jr., assistant director of the FBI Scientific and Technical Services Division, wrote back to Byrne that he couldn't find any evidence of the FBI analyzing suspected Bigfoot hair and that the FBI usually only examined physical evidence related to criminal investigations. Still, it sometimes made exceptions, quote, in the interest of research and scientific inquiry, and Cochran said he'd make such an exception for Byrne. So he was doing, he was doing a solid right there because yeah. he's like, oh, we don't really do this, but like for the sake of science and because, you know, making a, an exception for homie. you, he did. And Cochran found that the hair didn't belong to Bigfoot. In early 1977, he sent the hair back to Byrne along with his scientific conclusion. Quote, the hairs are of deer family origin. Four decades later, the Bureau declassified its Bigfoot file about this analysis. Radford pointed out that all it means is the FBI did a favor to a Bigfoot researcher. There's nothing wrong with that. But it shouldn't be mistaken for de facto government endorsement of the reality of Bigfoot. Even so, Bigfoot believers tend to spin it in the way that, well, the FBI had a file on Bigfoot. That has to mean that, you know, why else would they test it? Which kind of true. Yeah. I kind of agree. Like, okay, yeah, like doing a favor for a Bigfoot researcher. No. It's like the know. UFO thing. You know, majority of the public's like, oh, it's fake, it's fake. Then the government recognizes and all of a sudden it's all over the news when this shit's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And they like wrote him back, apparently, allegedly. But he said the first time he heard about it was in 2002. But that also might be because he was like, oh, shit. That's embarrassing. Like, I don't want to tell anyone <laughs> that like it was just deer hair the whole time. Some of the science, I guess, that, you know, I'm just st stating the planet's ever-shrinking forests still actually regularly unpack surprises, such as the Saola, an untamed cousin of the cow that was discovered by scientists in Vi Vietnam in 1992. That's kind of crazy. In 1992, they discovered an, like yeah. a cow like, they just never had no, before. Scientists discovered a cow. So who discovered it? How many scientists are roaming through the jungles in Vietnam? It's like not a cow. Well, that, like thing's small. I, the cow. that thing's small. That thing's small. But it's a new thing. Yeah, but it's also in Vietnam through very harsh jungle, <laughs> not the Pacific Northwest. I'm just pointing out that there are creatures, I mean, species that are not discovered. So, yeah, you know, but who knows? not an intelligent ape. There, okay, there wasn't much scientific evidence to go with. So I know, I tried <laughs> to. <I'm> giving, like, <laughs> 
Um, but uh, researchers have suggested that Bigfoot may be a surviving species of prehistoric ape or human-like species that evolved separately from humans. However, there is no fossil evidence to support this hypothesis, and the genetic and morphological evidence that would be necessary to support the existence of such a creature has not yet been found. Now, that's the problem. No matter how much evidence there is, the short answer is if there's evidence, why isn't it scientifically proved? And that's because there is no evidence. Yeah, they would have to be DNA or body or something. Well, DNA or like, you know, a pile of shit with DNA. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah, sure. There's just no evidence. And I hate to say that as like a big Bigfoot believer. What if there's only like 30 Bigfoot left? Like, that, how would we find their it shit? wouldn't that would not be enough for a sustainable population oh, okay well there's the whole population equation where there has to be a certain amount in order a certain amount of an how animal many? i forget google it just do population minimum there has to be a certain amount of animals in order to maintain a healthy population 50 out of 500 rule the 50 a population out of size of 50 mm-hmm. was necessary to combat inbreeding and a minimum of 500 500 individuals was needed to reduce gene- genetic drift yeah there's this guy I remember growing up, my mom called me into the room. There was on the news. Some guy shot a Bigfoot, and I was so stoked because I've been a Bigfoot guy for a while. And it turned out that he had stuffed a Bigfoot suit that he had made out of like taxidermy with deer organs, mm. which is some Hannibal Lecter shit. Oh, this is so disappointing. If I was a billionaire, catch me on freaking Mount St. Helena with all my boys looking for Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. With just like an exorbitant, like in a Mercedes Sprinter van. I'm not fucking gamping. Fuck that. Okay, here's a hypothesis though. And I might sound crazy because I feel like you said that, like, the, what are people say that they're like intergalactic? Oh, please. <laughs> what if they just an travel? Intergalactic and- space ape. Get what if out they're just here. aliens? <laughs> <laughs> really quickly, just want to point out this lawsuit from the San Diego Union Tribune.com. Um, someone claimed that they ran into a Sasquatch, a Bigfoot. They stated, we were face-to-face. He was 30 feet up in the tree, describing the creature as having a barrel chest, a head three times the size of a human, weighing 800 pounds. <laughs> Specific. Standing says that they have enough proof to win the case. Quote, there's a date set, so we're going in with PhDs, with wilderness experts beyond myself, with wildlife biologists, with fingerprint experts. We're going to prove so beyond a reasonable doubt that this species exists. I don't know whatever happened to Okay, that, I listened to a 45-minute podcast with the guy from the BFRO going over Bigfoot evidence, and every time he went through evidence, like prints or this, uh-huh. he always ends it in the caveat is, this isn't actual scientific evidence. Just wanted to also point out that there is a Bigfoot variety, like the skunk ape and the Yeti. <laughs> Just wanted to add that. Yeah, why not? And if you have sightings, go to the BFR website, and you can document it. Okay. Smoke for the skunk ape. And then wanted to briefly mention technology and cryptozoology in general. Um... As kind of mentioned before, the quote about, you know, why isn't there more evidence if our cameras are getting better and there's just more cameras in general, like footage, drone footage or security camera, whatever. Um, But Lauren Coleman, who is the founder of the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine, noted there are so many fake videos. The problem has grown worse with social media, where viral hoaxes like drone footage of a supposed Bigfoot in a clearing in Idaho can rack up millions of views. Coleman, for his part, believes that there is evidence for Bigfoot's existence, but he and his like-minded peers find it difficult to focus attention on this material amid the growing number of obvious shams. Technology has ruined the old cryptozoology, Coleman says. That's intense. 
Right? Yeah. Which... I mean, that's kind of sad, like, because he's like, I don't want the fake hoax video. Like, they want to do, they want to, like, research the poo. They want to smell the poo. We want to smell, smell the, the poo. poo. We, we want, want to, to smell, smell the poo. Now we're at the discussion of Bigfoot. I'm going to say, I don't think, I'm not convinced that he is real. However, I'm not going to say he's not, because I'm not going to say that about anything. And I like <sighs> to believe that it would be real. Every time I think about Bigfoot, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. there could be something in the huge woods. There could be a little population of something hidden. No one knows about it. I mean, I hope he's real. And if I'm a billionaire, we're going hunting. This- Honestly, if we get 100,000 subscribers. We'll go we- hunting for Bigfoot. We're going to go Bigfoot hunting. We're going to fly out to Washington. And we'll, and 10 of you can come if you want. 10? That's a lot. Fine, five. Yeah, that's true. They can't outnumber us. Two. Do we think that the government knows more about Bigfoot than they let us know? Like, do you think they've researched it more than just that one sample? I feel like they have to have. Probably. That's the number one cryptid. You don't think that they're into those things? Dude, there's so many creepypastas on Reddit. It's like, I worked for special operations and we hunted a Bigfoot. Anyways, thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Cauldron Convos. If you liked it, make sure to give it a subscribe. Comment down below what you think about Bigfoot. Like it. And we'll see you guys next week here on Cauldron Convos, baby. Bye.